the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Courageous Christianity, a public nonprofit ministry equipping Christian warriors for the spiritual battlefield. The intersection of our faith and the world is a battlefield strewn with debris of a fallen world. It challenges even the hardiest souls. And yet, this intersection is the context of our faith. As courageous Christian warriors, we must navigate this difficult terrain in our personal walk and as we seek to bring Christ to those who are lost and struggling. As a colonel in the Marine Corps Reserves with numerous combat deployments, Richard Mendelo has walked dangerous ground in peacetime and in war. Join us for the next 30 minutes as he and his guests shed light on this critical intersection on spiritual combat and on the rules of engagement for courageous Christianity. And here's your host, Richard Mendelo. Friends, welcome and thank you for joining us today. We continue in our series on heroic faith with episode number three, which I'm calling The Faith of a Centurion. As always, I'm joined by Christy Stratton, my trusty wingman. Hello, everyone. Last week, we talked about Ruth and her heart of faith, and Christy led us in that. And when people talk about biblical heroes, she may not be the first person to come to mind, not Christy, but Ruth. (laughs) because she didn't carry a shield or a sword, but her devotion and loyalty gained her a top spot in God's kingdom. Today we're going to talk about a hero of faith who did carry a sword and a shield. Not only that, he was in command of at least a hundred more like him. For this reason, he was called a centurion. And about him, Jesus said, I tell you, I have not found such great faith even in Israel. Mm. So I got to tell you, I'm excited. I love the story of the centurion. It's one of my favorites in the New Testament. Maybe it's because I'm a Marine and I like military stories. Maybe it's because it is a story about unquestioned faith. Or maybe it's because it's obvious that Jesus held this man in such high regard. Whatever the case, I'm looking forward to telling you about it. Before we begin today's conversation, I must remind you that as a colonel still serving in the Marine Corps Reserves, I have to preface my comments by saying that these are my personal views, and they do not necessarily represent the Department of Defense or the Department of the Navy. Please pray with us. Heavenly Father, how amazing is your name and how incredible the opportunity that we have to serve in your kingdom. Though we come to you in filthy rags by your Son, Jesus Christ, we are washed and dressed in white robes and your full armor. Help us, O Lord, to be strong in your mighty power. Help us to stand firm with the breastplate of righteousness, the helmet of our salvation, and the sword of your Spirit, which is your word, and the only and everlasting truth. Let us not be so attached to the things of this world, Father, which we know to be temporary, that we do not reach for you in every situation. And by our faith in you, 
May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We pray in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Christy, I enjoyed our study of Ruth, but I have to tell you, I'm really excited about the centurion, and it's not a guy-girl thing. I'm excited to hear about it. Well, this story has always amazed me, and there are just so many awesome things about it. So, uh, for example, the guy was a Roman centurion uh, at a time when Rome bullied the world, and he was a big shot. Uh, Not as big shot as a colonel, but he was still (laughs) There you go. You got that in there. (laughs) Thank you. Um, And so he could be a complete thug. He could be a complete bully. He had uh, a hundred or more serving under him. And yet in this story, he faces this uh, challenging situation because one of his slaves is sick and dying. So this guy who could be a complete thug and bully cares so much about one of his slaves Mm. that he's challenged by the whole situation. He's stressed out. And then he hears that Jesus has been healing people and realizes that Jesus is God. He has the ability to heal. Mm -hmm. And it's because the people that Jesus had healed had told their stories and their testimonies. So it's by testimony of Jesus that the centurion even knew about Jesus Mm. at a time when news traveled only as fast as sandals could carry it. Right. So it's not like it was posted on the Internet. It's not like there was a radio show about it. He heard by people. It's a very powerful word of mouth. Right. And so that's the beginning of the story. Mm. So the story is told in two places. It's told in Matthew and in Luke, and I like the Luke version much better because it uh, is so much richer and it has so much more in it. So his compassion for his slave, he hears of Jesus, and he wants Jesus to come and heal his slave. But the way things were done back then, people didn't just go and ask somebody. He needed somebody to go and talk to Jesus Mm. because he was a big shot. He thought Jesus was... uh, God on earth. And so because he was so kind to the Jews, because he had uh, raised uh, money to build them a temple and all of this, they thought highly of him. And so they went and found Jesus for him. Mm. And now Jesus is on his way. He says, yes, I'll go and heal him. I'll, I'll go and help this righteous man that everybody thinks so highly of. And As Jesus is on his way, some friends of the centurion stop him before he even gets to the centurion's house. And they say to Jesus that the centurion says he's not worthy to have Jesus come under his roof. Mm. But he knows that if Jesus just says the words for this man to be healed, he'll be be healed. healed. And... I'm going to read you the exact lines in a little while, and we're going to talk about it because to me it's just so beautiful. His, his respect for God's authority. Uh, this day and age, how amazing would it mm. be if everybody had reverence? You know, in the Bible when it says fear, fear the Lord. That's reverence. It's, it's reverence. Yeah. And imagine you have such reverence My son sent me this meme or whatever those things are called. And it said on it that if you could travel back in time, what would you do? 
And my son had this picture of this big, huge, muscular guy going back and saying to Jesus, King, I will help you carry your cross. Mm. Oh, wow. That's powerful. How amazing is that? Yeah. So the centurion's reverence is just cool to me. You know, it's interesting as I hear you tell the story, a couple things come to mind as first his, the centurion's care for that one person reminds me of Jesus, um, you know, going after that one lost sheep in the parable there. And so it sounds like there, there was, you know, respect between the two, um, similarities between the two and, and as you already said, the centurion had the respect for God's authority, but Jesus had love and respect for, you know, the centurion for his care and love for his lost sheep or right. sick sheep. And then the other thing I'm, I'm hearkening back to Ruth and we talked about when, you know, that, that heroism doing that next right thing or that, you know, the right thing that makes might is that which elicits the fruit of the spirit. And, and you said, here's this big old dude who's kind and shows respect. So a lot Amazing. of those things are coming to mind. Yeah. There's actually another story about a centurion uh, later on uh, in regard to Peter uh, Cornelius. I absolutely love this story. It touches my heart. I'm not sure if it just does because I'm a military guy and I can so see it. But I kind of think about how the centurion is high up. He knows the power of authority and is awed by the power of Jesus' authority. Mm-hmm. And this occurred to me, it might sound silly, and it occurred to me as I was preparing for the show, I thought to myself, there is no doubt if high up people in authority understand the power of authority that the devil doesn't understand the power of mm-hmm. God. And so, as we've said before, he knows he can't go toe-to-toe with God. Right. And so he does all these sorry, tawdry, sad little things that uh, as God tries to use us to be heroic in his kingdom, so the devil tries to use us to tear down uh, that opportunity. Mm. Another thing that strikes me about this is that the centurion turned his back on popular culture, the culture of his day, which observed all of these separations between people. You know, the Romans were better than the Jews. The Jews were better than the Gentiles. You had masters, you had slaves. And all of that was just the way of the day back then. And he resisted all of that. I'm hearing a lot of humility as well. Just amazing. And truth. Truth, yeah. He just said people are people. So here the Jews in his area revere him because he helped them build a temple. Right. And so we, we, we said a minute ago that people, the centurion knew of Jesus' power because of the testimony of people. Right. And now we're hearing that this individual guy within his realm just did good. Yeah, it draws me back to the first show of the series when you said kindness is... Is kindness. Kind. It's kindness. And the thing about actions, it, uh, heroes, is it always comes down to actions. And actions can't be twisted the way words can be twisted. So last week when we talked about Ruth, we said 
how important heroes are as we go about our daily life and we see uh, that this is hard, and it explains why the devil and his dupes attack everything heroic in our culture uh, to the extent that now they're pulling down statues of people who in their day did the best they could with what they had. And this idea like we're going to pull down this guy's statue because he wasn't perfect. Well, newsflash, nobody's perfect. <laughs> nobody's perfect. You aren't either. Right? And other than neither Jesus, I, if right? God was waiting for a perfect person to do his bidding, he'd be waiting uh, for all eternity. So instead, he turns to us, these these muddy little creatures. And how do we know we're capable? How do we know that we can make a Through difference? Through Jesus Christ. Well, not only through Jesus Christ, but through the heroes Well, true. that are around us. Yeah. Whether that hero is uh, a single mom or that hero Absolutely. is a guy who's just operating with such kindness and generosity. I was in the emergency room a couple of Fridays ago, not to worry. Thank you, God. Uh, all good. But I had quite a long time to wait, and I just watched people. I watched these nurses and these doctors and these attendants and these technicians just caring for these people. And I thought about that local heroism and just doing good where you can, where you are. And I just want to say, number one, none of them was perfect. I didn't know any of them, but I know that we all have our peccadillos, which is a great word. <laughs> and we all got our things. We all got the our regrets, the things we wish we could have done better. But you cannot be focused backwards. That's where the devil wants you focused. You've got to be focused forward on the opportunity that you have to do the next right thing. And that is so powerful. And as we seek to lift each other up or be the person that... uh, somebody needs us to be. It's just an amazing opportunity. Look back at Ruth. We talked about the small things that she chose to do. Right. Next right thing. The next right thing. Absolutely. I, 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 and I said, I don't believe like, you know, that she was sitting there and going, okay, I'm going to do this next right thing. So Christy and Richard are talking about me years down the road. She just did the next right thing. And that small, those small acts, those small right things, makes might acts went on for and, and had amazing ripple effects to the point that she was blessed in and and the world is blessed because of Jesus Christ because she was in the lineage of that and so we may not know that these things this kindness when the world tells us that kindness is not the thing go tear down you know whatever historical figure no the kind act is going to be the thing that is the ripple effect years and years and years down the road. And we, we're not doing it to create that ripple effect. We're just doing the right thing, yet it creates that ripple effect. A, a very important point to make. That's a fantastic point. As we testify about Jesus, we have no idea where that's going to go. And it's the truest testimony because all we're saying is we're talking about what he did for us. A friend of mine had an expression in terms of what our time on this planet is all about. They said, we're just trying to walk each other home. Mm. And so I picture, uh, this might sound goofy to y'all, I picture these little kids getting off the school bus. They're little and they're walking each other home. Mm. And they're looking out for each other. Oh, yeah. And they're watching for bullies. They got their little backpacks. And friends, we're just trying to walk each other home. 
Uh, it's not glamorous. We said a couple weeks ago, you don't have to be the quarterback of the team. You don't have to catch the touchdown game-winning pass. Just be on the field. Be part of the solution. And be a hero to somebody. So, as I said, in this story, there's just so much that's beautiful. And I hope it means as much to you as it does me, not just because it's a military thing. Um, Or that you love the centurion so much. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Honestly, I don't know if I have the words to explain what resonates so deeply. Uh, His reverence for Jesus, our Lord and Savior. I think it's an important point that we can find those, uh, I guess you would call them characters in the Bible, um, that we can identify with. You know, Ruth, uh, I, I've i got a book coming out called Ru- wow, From Rubble to Roses. that's a great point. And so I saw her as that diamond in the rubble. You know, Esther, one of the things, uh, Esther 414, which I love, is such a time as this that she stood, and we're going to be talking about her as well, you know, we can identify and look at them as heroes and emulate their actions, learn from them. And that's encouraging and that's empowering. And that's what we can do. That's the opportunity. Yeah. As an airline pilot, I travel a lot and uh, not so much over these last COVID days, but I travel a lot and I have a lot of opportunity to see people in all walks of life. And you're kind to them, and I see that all the time. Well, thank you. But what I really uh, absorb is their kindness. Mm. The lady at uh, the concession at the airport who's just always so nice to everybody, and I watch her and I see her week after week, and Randy, uh, who shines the shoes there, and he and I are always talking about Jesus, and I just love his beautiful heart, and there are drivers, uh, there are people in hotels, there, uh, it's just amazing. And it's so easy to get lost in the, uh, craziness of it all, but in the rubble, in the rubble, uh, but we can be heroes and that's the truth. And speaking of truth in every show, we have a moment of truth where we look at scripture, which informs our discussion. And we do this to remind ourselves that God's word is our first refuge that it is always relevant, and that it never fails. And for our moment of truth today, I'd like to read you the story of the centurion, as told in the book of Luke. And don't worry, it's surprisingly short, as a lot of Bible writing is just so amazing. A few words tell uh, incredible stories. So, when Jesus had finished saying all this to the people who were listening, he entered Capernaum. There, a centurion's servant, whom his master valued highly, was sick and about to die. The centurion heard of Jesus and sent some elders of the Jews to him, asking him to come and heal his servant. When they came to Jesus, they pleaded earnestly with him. This man deserves to have you do this because he loves our nation and has built our synagogue. So Jesus went with them. He was not far from the house when the centurion sent friends to say to him, Lord, Don't trouble yourself, for I do not deserve to have you come under my roof. That is why I did not even consider myself worthy to come to you. But say the word, and my servant will be healed. For I myself am a man under authority, with soldiers under me. I tell this one, go, and he goes, and that one, come, and he comes. I say to my servant, do this, and he does it. 
When Jesus heard this, he was amazed at him, and turning to the crowd following him, he said, I tell you, I have not found such great faith even in Israel. Mm, Those are some beautiful words. So amazing. The centurion is saying, hey, I know how it works. I am uh, the boss of these guys. I tell them do something and they do it. So I know you're the boss of the world, the universe, uh, all things good. And I know you've just got to say it and it will be so. Because with complete faith, the centurion knew that Jesus could command the slave to health. If we could all have such faith. Mm. Um, That brings us to our quote of the day. And our quote of the day comes from Helen Keller who overcame deafness and blindness to become a famous author and hero to generations after her. And she said, we could never learn to be brave and patient if there were only joy in the world. How brave is that? How heroic is that? Considering her (laughs) challenges. Quite heroic. Yes. Amazing. A hero is defined as a person who is admired or idealized for courage, outstanding achievements or noble qualities. Another definition is a person who, in the face of danger, combats adversity through feats of courage and strength. In the absence of struggle or a villain, a hero is a normal person who does the usual things. To be a hero requires difficult circumstances or challenging people. It's not ordinary. And this is why we love heroes. We look up to heroes. And we shouldn't get upset about stressful times or challenging people in our own lives because they give us the chance to be somebody's hero. So the same is true of the perverse world in which we live. It gives us the chance to be spiritual heroes, otherwise known as Christians. Mm. All spiritual heroes have in uh, common similar things. They confront hardship and challenging circumstances. They do so by turning to God. They hold themselves accountable to God through these trials as they strive to walk out his values. They don't make up their own rules. They resist evil and popular culture to take action in a kingdom-minded way, placing their trust in God. And by their faith, uncertainty becomes certainty, and God's far-reaching will is done through the generations. How brilliant is that? And we are Christians. Yeah, brilliant. So we saw that Ruth did the right thing. She ended up marrying Boaz, who did the right thing. And they gave birth to Obed, who gave birth to Jesse, who was King David's father, who fathered the line from which Jesus, our Lord and Savior, came. The centurion was such a spiritual hero. The truth of Jesus changed him. And when his slave became ill, he turned to God. He turned his back on popular culture and pagan culture, and he confronted the situation with faith and compassion and humility and such courage. And because he treated the Jews with kindness, refusing to accept the social divides of his day, they helped him find Jesus. And the centurion's faith in Jesus was as firm as his knowledge that his subordinates would obey his own orders. His faith changed the way he related to the world around him, And his faith removed all uncertainty from doing the right thing. And please hear this. Our faith should do the same for us. Absolutely. And it can. Friends, in these troubled times, our faith can make certain what for the world is discouraging uncertainty. It can cut across all human divides. It can bring healing to everyone it touches. And it can create unity in the truth of Jesus. All we have to do is is emulate the centurion. Mm. 
In this day and age, there is certainly no shortage of opportunities to be a hero. Turning away from the mob is heroic. Saying no to popular culture is heroic. Being the best husband or father or son or mother or daughter or wife is heroic. Seeking God when people around you are seeking self is heroic. Speaking God's truth is heroic. Going to church, tithing, and giving to those less fortunate is heroic. And all of this heroism is an extension of our faith, and it's doable every day. We just have to decide to live heroic lives. Just as the story of the centurion exemplifies the power of faith and testifies to the power of Jesus to change lives so we can be a living testament to Jesus Don't forget, the centurion only knew about Jesus because of the testimony of those he had healed. How many people could we influence? How many people might come to know Jesus because of our testimony? And one final thought. Wouldn't it be overwhelming if when we met Jesus, he said, Hey, everyone, look here. Look at this saint. Not in all Israel have I seen faith like this. Wow. And that is courageous Christianity. Thank you for joining Christy and me today. We're honored to walk with you in Christ. God bless and semper fi.